Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings with John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. Schuster looking sharp right there. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on an NFL game, which is the Super Bowl. And if your team wins, you get $280 in free plays. You got a 50-50 chance. All right, Shu. Sorry, it was just jetting home from the game. This was a – this game got a lot – way too close for comfort down the stretch. But at the same time, though, I'm actually okay with it because Arizona was still able to maintain and come out with the victory right here and got pressed a little bit right there. What say you, my friend? I think this is a much better outcome than if Arizona had won by 20. Right. And I get uh, feeling comfortable and all the rest of it, but uh, you're up against a pesky, basically the cockroach of college basketball. And if there are UCLA fans out there, I mean that in the kindest possible complimentary way I can. You cannot kill UCLA. Right. They they are they are smart. They're gritty. They figure out ways to hang around. They're good at scouting. They can exploit you in a number of different ways. And they were not they had every reason in this game to go away and didn't until Arizona was able to hit some big shots in the last couple of minutes. Arizona had to be this was a night. It was kind of an adversity game. Arizona did some really interesting things and had to fight really hard to get a difficult W tonight against a really talented basketball team that I think, along with Arizona, can make a a deep tournament run. This This was, while it was uncomfortable in the second half, a fair amount of the time. Arizona's ability to do what was necessary late, I think, gives them hopefully an opportunity to grow as a team as we work our way down the stretch here. All right. So now let's look at it from a let's look at it from a a couple different perspectives right here. First and foremost, Arizona. And I think what's maybe a little bit reassuring about this game, Arizona didn't even play. You, you didn't get great contributions from a lot of the guys that you would expect. If I were to tell you that Arizona was going to win this game, shoe, and that, you know, you were going to win by, again, it was a more comfortable margin than the score, you know, or it wasn't as comfortable a this margin. This was a two-possession game. 
It really was. It really was. But if I were to tell you that that this was a two or three possession game where UCLA had chances and it looked like they were going to close the gap as, as recently as the last four minutes. If I were to tell you that, if I were to tell you that Arizona, uh, if I were to tell you that Arizona was going to get not a ton from Benedict Matherin, Kirk Carissa was also going to have some issues at the same time shooting again. Azulis Tabellis was going to be in and out of the lineup. Dalen Terry was going to be your best player. You're probably thinking to yourself, um, Arizona might have some problems here. And, no, I'm, I'm, and okay. Jaime Hawkins is going to play as well. I'm thinking exactly the opposite because if you were telling me all of those things, I knew that I knew that you were clairvoyant and that that was the way that Arizona was going to win this game. Because every time where you start a story, if I was to tell you a lot, a lot, a lot, it's totally different than what you'd expect. I get your point. And you're absolutely right. And uh, the gist of it is Arizona's ability to find different ways to play, but the defense, as much as anything, may ultimately be the story here, too. We talked last week about how if Arizona held UCLA to 75 points, we felt pretty good about the outcome going into it. Arizona Mm -hmm. held UCLA today into the mid-60s. So, you know, defensively in two consecutive games, the Wildcats answered. You talk about Terry. It's Nice to see that Terry got all of the – he got a lot of publicity tonight nationally, and that's that's nice to see because he is he is one of Arizona's glue guys. He always shows up. He always contributes. He always does the dirty work. Mm-hmm. And it may be too much to expect, but if Terry can keep you honest from three-point range right. and show you a willingness to take that shot – it makes Arizona's half-court offense so much better because right now what teams are doing, one of the numerous things they're doing, but 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 one of the key things that the opposition is focused on is backing off on Terry because Terry is not consistent from the perimeter. This is not unlike what we saw in the early stages of Reggie Geary. Well, what we saw. I knew you were going to go with that. Of Luke Walton. Walton was at the game tonight, so the Walton comparison has a certain you know, element of, uh, you know, I guess, irony or coincidence to it. Uh, but uh, if if the Arizona coaching staff can help make Terry a, a shooter that you have to defend, mm-hmm. uh, never a great shooter, but a shooter that you have to defend, that really helps Arizona in the half court and helps Terry be even a more well-rounded player than he is and was tonight. All right. The great thing about this is that we we try to get to as many call we try to get to as many comments as many listeners as many people as we possibly can. All right. So Nick Howard says uh, first of all, big win. Absolutely, this was a big win because obviously Illinois up to this point was Arizona's biggest win of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, going into Champaign and doing that, this UCLA squad that we're looking at right now is a team that let's be honest. If they were to be in the Final Four, if they were to playing in the national championship game heck if they were to cut down the nets i don't think anybody would be surprised in the least this is a good team and you also saw it too today where ucla got down by about 15 16 points and a lot of teams would have just kind of folded especially in McHale. that didn't happen to this ucla team they got back into it and i'll tell you what when it got down to a three-point game there late in the second half i'm thinking to myself okay You've got a UCLA team that's tested. You've got a UCLA team that's been here before. Arizona's not really been in these 
type of spots before. But Arizona then goes on a 6 nothing run and basically puts the gas down at that point. And I think that's what was reassuring about this performance, Shu. And that's why it's the biggest win of the year and the most, possibly the most reassuring win, as you noted, for Arizona this season because they beat a, 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 a legitimate team that is battle-tested and had to hold off uh, while they were making a run. Everything UCLA had momentum and certainly mm-hmm. had opportunities to get back into that game, but Arizona had enough to quell it. And that those are growth games. And, and these are the types of games that eventually Arizona's going to have to win in the NCAA tournament. And mm-hmm. that's what this is about. If you want to advance, you're going to come up against good basketball teams that can make things difficult, and you've got to grind your way through some tough times. And Arizona was able to do that tonight, and they did it tonight late in the game with a really interesting lineup that mostly did not include Matherin and mostly did not include Tabellus, who was and that's the part that's crazy. Strong, who was very strong early. This was this was, and I'm not entirely sure. And maybe Lloyd is talking about this in some of the post game conversation that uh, we aren't able to hear because we're talking with you immediately after the game, but. Um, I'm curious about what the decision was to go into that, but if it was an effort to try to make Arizona tougher or to get a trial by fire with some other players or a willingness to say, look, I don't care who you are. We're playing with the people who are playing harder tonight, whatever it was and whatever the reason was that went into them. There could be a, could be a variety of different things. The lineup that Arizona closed with and closed well with uh, probably gives Wildcat fans uh, some optimism as this thing progresses. All right, so one guy all right, I want to get to, Chad McDonald's here. Great name, Chad McDonald's. One of the most generic names you'll ever come across. He said, I've been saying Ballow is a beast. It's about time everyone takes note. You and I talked about this last game. I love when Ballow's in the game. I think that – and there was, a, there was a sequence there in the second half where he was getting – where he got multiple offensive rebounds and kickouts that just created more of a – and again, I don't even think it resulted in points. But when he's out there, even when he's out there with Coloco, he's a presence that you don't necessarily always – that I don't know that anybody else on this team shoe can replicate. We uh, talked about this, and Chad, th- thanks for your comments. I am taking note, by the way. I am taking note that uh, Ballo is a, is a significant contributor for what it is that uh, Arizona does, and it's great. His development has been a wonder to see. Early in the season, we talked about how Coloco had made a huge jump. Now we're talking a couple months later about how Ballo has made a significant jump. If both of them can, both of them on the floor at the same time are a problem. And right, I, don't think, sure. I don't think, Mike, we necessarily expected that Arizona was going to run with that lineup a lot, but I'm glad they have, and I'm glad it's worked. Right, for sure. What I think is, when I, when, I th- when I look at this lineup, and we talked about this the entire season, what I think about is I think about position flexibility. And you look at this team right now. You've got a Kerr Creesa, You've got a Benedict Matherin. You've got a Dalen Terry, who we're going to get to in just a moment. And if I think, and we, you know, with all those three guys right there, then you bring in Pella Larson, who has become solid. Then you bring in Justin Kyer. You've got Umar Ballo. You've got Azulis Tabellis. You've got Christian Coloco. You look around on this team, and you've got a lot of different pieces that you can match with this squad. And I think that's what's really unique about this team. And you saw it out there tonight. If I were to tell you before the game that there was going to be a lineup for a good portion of the game where you were going to be going with a Kirk Creesa, a Dalen Terry, a Pella Larson, an Umar Ballo, and a Christian Coloco, you're thinking to yourself, uh, I don't know, that might be a little bit of a problem. But 
they're able to make it work. And I love the mixing and matching that occurs. Uh, it, it's it's help and the willingness to do it. There's no real stringent approach here, it appears, right, which right. Uh, which which I've liked a lot throughout the course of the season. It seems to be there's 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 an overall foundation of what Arizona wants to do. Arizona ultimately wants to get out in transition. They want to rebound well and they want to force turnovers and then get easy buckets. And then from there. You know, they, they hope that that strategy wears teams down. Now, in the last three games, UCLA, ASU, and UCLA, again, have been very good at limiting Arizona in transition. So the Cats have had to be better on the offensive end in the half court, and sometimes that's been rough. And there were points in time where that was a rough, a, a, you know, a difficult thing to watch as well. But beyond that general foundation, then from a lineup standpoint, Lloyd seems willing to try to figure out what piece works in the jigsaw puzzle. Yes. You know, so so he'll go with Ballo and Coloco, or he'll go with Tabellus and Coloco, or Tabellus and Ballo, or four wings in essence, or you know, there's a there are a variety of different approaches that he has available to him, and he seems willing to utilize those as well. And I think uh, you know, it's it's nice to see this is I'm hopeful. You, you know, it's nice that that ability is there. The thing I'm hopeful about overall tonight is that when you have Larson in the game, Ballow in the game, Kyer in the game, guys who are off the bench are not hurting you. Right. And 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 that gives Arizona a lot of opportunity uh, once we get into the big games that matter in single elimination in mid and late March. All right. I want to get to Dale and Terry here in a minute because I've been teasing about talking about him now for about five minutes. But you know what? Temptation makes the desire grow stronger. One thing, though, and Doug Allen put this out here and uh, and we're going to get to KB Thiel's remark here in just a second. Mather not on the floor in crunch time was a little bit of a. That was a little bit of a head scratcher right there. Now, maybe he wasn't playing well. Maybe they didn't like his attitude. But in order for this team to go as far as it needs, as I think everybody out here wants it to go, shoe, this is a team. He's got to be the best player on this team. Or he's at least got to be the guy that is able to put his foot down game in and game out and be the guy that, okay, that's a top 10 pick out there. And for a good percentage of this game, he really wasn't that guy. And I think that was best. Uh, that's emblematic of the fact that he wasn't out there. This is an interesting balancing act for any coaching staff because he probably is a top 10 pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether he has a top 10 lottery career or not remains to be seen, but he's probably a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was notable that late in the game, he was not in the game. So, you wonder if behind the scenes, you know, and, and and we see certain things from a distance. I know folks who are uh, joining us here have seen these too. And I think we talked about this briefly, uh, you know, a post game or two ago that Matherin's had some frustrations here. And one of the frustrations that I noted that went beyond just having shooting struggles and maybe taking ill-advised shots that weren't within the flow of the offense was that if he'd get into the lane, he'd, he'd spend time complaining to the referees. Right. Maybe that's And you've mentioned that. I want to go hold on real quick. You've mentioned that throughout the season, though, that not necessarily just an individual player, but with Matherin, though, and I've noticed this as well, too. There's been some moments where it's just play ball, dude. Mm -hmm. Just play ball. You're the best player. You're the best player out there. You're certainly the best prospect out there. Just play ball and everything's going to come to you. So here's why this is good. Uh, you know, not only this is this is about the best case scenario if. If that's what the coaching staff was doing, right? that they were saying, you know what, dude, if you're not going to play the way we want to play, 
we got some other guys back here who will do it instead. Right. Arizona just beat UCLA tonight. The number three team in the country. The favorite to win the conference. The team that dogged you a week ago in Los Angeles and did it without Matherin late in the game. Mm -hmm. If that isn't a growing experience, then what is? This worked out, that aspect of this. If Matherin is having, you know, if what we're reading from a body language standpoint and an action standpoint if we're not overemphasizing that, and perhaps we are, but if we're not overemphasizing that and there's some stuff going on, there's some diva activity going on behind right. the scenes too, then the Arizona coaching staff was hopefully able to quell that, put it in its place, and Arizona just got a big double, its biggest win of the year without its best player on the floor. Late. You know what so I kind hopefully, of th- yeah, go ahead, Matt. What, what I kind of think about it too, and I, I like what Tommy Lloyd did here, I think back to, and this was, man, I'm going to date myself here. I want to say this was the 0405 season. This is the when Arizona. Arizona lost to Illinois, which I know is a bad word or a bad phrase around here, but it was, I want to say it was against Marquette. It was an out of conference game and Lute was just done with Salim Stoudemire's attitude. I just don't, I, I, he either didn't play him. And again, I'm sorry, I'm trying to jog my memory. He either didn't play him against Marquette or he benched him for the last 10 minutes down the stretch in a close game. It woke Stoudemire up. And for the rest of the season, he was a different type of guy. All those attitude problems went away. I'm not saying that's the case with Ben Matherin because, quite frankly, I don't know. But there comes a point, though, when you're a coach where you almost have to do what's better for the team big picture. And if you don't like something you're seeing from Matherin, you've got, you, you've got to nip it in the bud because you've got a lot bigger goals going forward than just this game right here, Shu. And there's a there. This is an this is a delicate balancing act, and a lot of coaches may not do that because a lot of coaches view you know trying to get the five star as many and as often as you possibly can, and if you have this reputation of being something of a disciplinarian who you know benches these guys, uh, then maybe they're concerned about uh, word getting out and that not being something that allows you to keep the pipeline going. Uh, and but but if indeed. Lloyd was gutsy tonight because that coaching staff is pissed off with an attitude and got the win in the process. You couldn't ask for a better scenario. Right. And we'll find out. I mean, like we found out with Stoudemire, Stoudemire was huge. He, he rebounded the course well of the year. it. Yeah. And, and, and if this is a similar case, then uh, hopefully that's obviously really good news for Arizona because, Mike, in the end, you're right. Arizona – Matherin's one of two guys on the team and probably the most noteworthy guy on the team. We saw this in the first month of the year that can get a bucket when Arizona struggles on in the half court. So he needs to be on the floor on a regular basis because he's the one guy in big games who gives you a shot to work through struggles on the offensive end if the half court isn't flowing very well. All right. One thing, though, that I want to talk about real quickly before very important read. Mikhail was awesome today. I've got to give I've got to give the folks there a lot of credit. I've been a little down on him, um, but this was this felt like old time Mikhail right there. And quite frankly, if you can't get up for UCLA coming to town for a six o'clock game, it's not like this is one of those nine o'clock preposterous tip offs. Then I don't know what we're really doing right here. I got to give a lot of kudos to the. Uh, um, to the fans there, as uh, Sean Celia correctly pointed out, dirt bags should be n- <laughs> nuts tonight, I would imagine so. You know what also is nuts, but in a good way? The DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Here's the deal. Throw down $5 on a, ga- on a game, and there's only one game. It's the Super Bowl. And if you win that, pit, if you win that new customers only, 
You get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy. You want to make it happen. Don't fight what you already know you should be doing. Worst case scenario, you lose five bucks. Best case, you win 280. Eligibility restrictions apply. Arizona only, 21 and up. If you got a gambling problem, call 1 800 Next Step. They'll get you right back on your feet. And again, Arizona only. All right, let's get to some of these comments right uh, right now. Now, let's see here. Who do we got right now? All right, we've got a lot. This is all right. Uh, let's see here. Andre Veras. This is a great win, obviously, but means nothing if we lay an egg on Saturday versus USC or Monday at ASU. I'm not particularly worried about the ASU game, but we're going to talk a little bit about the USC game, though, coming up here in a moment, though. Again, guys, so so sorry. We got over we got over 200 comments right now, so I'm just kind of mm, fantastic. All right, this is something I did want to talk about. Uh, Kerr throwing the ball into the student section was annoying. Like, dude, we're a top 10 team. Don't act like this is some crazy upset. I will say this. The kid's good, but some of the antics are getting a little bit annoying on my front. Did that one bother you? I'm more of a guy that, and again, I'm taking this from my high school varsity career. Junior junior varsity all the way down to freshman. I, I don't know. Like I said, there's just, to me, if you don't play well, and I know we hit the big three, but I'm looking at his numbers right here. You got 0 of 12, then you've got 2 of 13, then today you got 4 of 15. You're kissing the floor. Man, you're not playing well. To me, that's a little – that annoys me, yes. When you're not playing well and you're still spiking the football, that to me is a little bit of an issue. Well, maybe it's, it's a superficial issue maybe, but it's an issue nonetheless for me. Well, you know, he certainly – has no problem being a target for the rest of this league. If you were, if if you were to ask the rest of the Pac-12 who they despised most from a player standpoint, Creasa mm-hmm. uh, would be this year's Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's at the top of the list. He's never going to change. This is how it is. And you know what? Sometimes it's a fan's game too. It's not one of those. And and I get that this is going to be hypocritical and sometimes inconsistent. But the reality mm-hmm. is that this is what we're going to deal with. Okay. Take it or leave it. This is what we're dealing with. He's an excitable player. He likes getting the crowd involved. He right. likes playing Fair at the tail. He feeds off that emotion. And you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world. If you know, it, it's worse if you're flipping off the UCLA bench, uh, which kind of symbolically, I feel like that timeout in the last uh, minute of the game maybe was, but that is an aside. Uh, if, if the game is over, and Crease is throwing the ball into the crowd. Hey, the crowd's part of this as well. You said McHale was great. There were a number of occasions where uh, Lloyd was trying to get the fan base involved at key times, where Crease tries to get the fan base involved, where Terry tries to get the fan base involved. They understand the reputation of McHale. And I think maybe they've understood that the reputation hasn't lived up right now to what it ultimately can be. It's eventually going to get there because I think this program is going to be good for a long time to come. And then McHale is going to be a pain in the ass and an intimidating location for other teams to come into. This was the night where maybe it was finally a return to what we've come to expect. And, and, and if Kerr needs to throw, you know, if Kerr needs to wave to the crowd and Terry needs to wave to the crowd and Lloyd needs to try to get him to stand up and then Crease uh, is throwing, you know, a basketball into into the second level again, you know what? So Fair be enough. it. You want a Fair big enough. game tonight. There you go. But I want to give Dalen Terry a lot of credit right here. Now, 
I'm usually wrong on most things. John Schuster is generally right on a lot. The one thing that I whatever my mom just my mom chuckled at that just now but the one thing that I do Dalen Terry was a guy that I thought was going to be incredibly important for this team before the season even started and the reason why well there's a couple different reasons first and foremost he's kind of the only guy on the team that can replicate the skill set that he really that he possesses out there he's legitimately six foot eight and he can handle the ball pretty well he's a very good secondary ball handler he can pass he can he can score in weird ways. He's definitely not a shooter, as we've seen before. But, you know, and I know John Schuster hates comparisons. I like comparisons. And you know what? I'm going to throw it out here, and John Schuster can push this away. But what I'm about, he, he's he got a little bit of that Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Andre Iguodala to him, and that you can win with guys like that. You really can. Now, he can't be my best player right now, but if you were to tell me that he's my third or fourth best player – I'm taking that every single day of the week. Well, there's also a difference maybe between best and most important. And mm-hmm. Terry may be higher up that list when you're talking about most important because mm-hmm. there's a willing – not that there isn't a willingness from other Wildcats to do dirty work as well. Ballo is an example of that. Larson is a less athletic example of that. Uh, but Terry is at the top of the That's list. less athletic. As, as far as a skill set and a willingness to uh, – perform a lot of those things. And yeah, you can put good teams around guys like that. And your uh, uh, previous examples were guys who uh, were on teams that made deep tournament runs. And hopefully Terry can help Arizona do a lot of the same. All right. One other thing too, if you're going to be involved with a deep tournament run, the best place that you want to line yourself with is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. You throw down $5 on a game, There's one game, the Super Bowl, you get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy. I like the Rams in the Super Bowl. What say you, John Schuster? Oh, boy, I like the Rams, too. A lot of people think that Tom Brady's playing in it. They're wrong. And you know what? (laughs) If you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, you're going to find that out. Throw down $5 on that game, new customers only. You get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Make it happen. Okay. Now. Back to the Arizona-UCLA game that we were watching just now. The I'm just going to ask you quite frankly. I'm just going to – you watched Arizona. You Frank watched away, me. Mike Luke. Frank away. Which which is a better basketball team? Uh, I think Arizona's better than UCLA. I do I think, too. I, I think Arizona has more, has more weapons than UCLA. Uh, but if you both told me at the end of the year that they were both elite eight teams or even final four mm-hmm. teams or perhaps beyond, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I would right. not be surprised. And there, and there was a comment uh, by one of the regulars. I'm not going to remember who it is. It might have been Nick. I apologize if I'm wrong about that. Who said they thought that uh, that he thought Arizona and UCLA were going to face each other in March. And I don't think he was talking about the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, if that happened <laughs> to be right, if, sure. that, if that happened to be the case, that would be. That that means that both teams had real deep runs and uh, uh, really impressive years, and and they battle. I think Arizona has a little bit more versatility, and obviously the potential advantage on the inside, which they were able to use at key blocks tonight, uh, which helped them out. Uh, and Arizona closed the gap. That's a funny word when we talk around here about what uh, Arizona say about ASU basketball and have for about 30 years. But Arizona in the short term closed the gap on UCLA's tenacity tonight. And, and, and that I liked a lot. As irritating 
as UCLA is for Arizona fans because they should be because it's a rivalry thing. The grit that that team has and the veteran leadership that they bring, it you can't say anything bad. If they were, if you were a fan of that team, you'd love that team. They are, they just do not give up. Right. And, and 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 it was, and they they've gave, got very much of an East Coast vibe. They've got they, very much of an East Coast, really good Cincinnati version vibe. They, I, they're just, I, I don't know what the vibe is, but they don't go away. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's the whatever they're to. Whatever that element of tenacity and veteran leadership is that they have and that they've bought into and the chemistry around it, they make it work. This was not an easy win for Arizona tonight, but it was a it was an excellent win uh, in the regular season that I think the Cats needed to have. And I'm glad to see that Arizona proved uh, – we've thought on and off this year, they're a tough team, they keep fighting. And then we saw that UCLA game a week ago, and it was they, they were flat and kind of out of it. UCLA armed Lincoln, and then – the ASU game wasn't very impressive. You started to worry a little bit. Arizona didn't play across the board particularly well tonight. And as you noted, Tabella started great, and it was a great idea that Arizona was able to go to him, and it looked like he was healthy. And then, you know, they were able to figure some things out, but UCLA hung around in a game that they just as easily could have lost by 20 and had a shot to win, and Arizona still got the W in this one. So if you're asking me who I think is the better team, I think Arizona has more weapons. I think Arizona's the better team, but I expect both of these squads to make deep tournament runs. I'm going to give a little bit of a shout-out here uh, to Anthony Humbert. I think he makes a great point here. He says, Arizona has a higher ceiling, but UCLA has a higher floor, if that makes sense. I feel that, and you know what? Quite frankly, I agree with that. I think Arizona's got a higher margin for error, but if you were to ask me which team was more likely to maybe get upset, probably go, Arizona, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's why we have that's why we have such great people here on the AZ Wildcats podcast. Again, hit subscribe, go to GoPHNX, get a membership there. You get a free back the A T shirt for five, or uh, it's free if you get the membership. All kinds of other good stuff, T shirts there, decals, all kinds of good stuff. But I think that's a really good point there that Anthony makes, that Arizona has a higher ceiling, but UCLA has a higher floor. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with that. All right. Now, we've got this win, or they've got that win. Unlike some people, John Schuster and I did not play at the University of Arizona basketball. I know a lot of people have said, man, you guys look familiar. It's not from playing at McHale, no matter what you do think. Let's talk a little bit about UC or this USC game coming up because you have made the case that Tony Jamino disagreed with that when you said that I think UCLA or uh, you're more con- you were more concerned about matchups stylistically with USC than you were UCLA. That game is right around the corner again. Another early tip tip off, I believe three o'clock. Yeah. None of this nine thirty stuff. All right. What concerns you about USC? And I'll tell you if you're right in your concerns. Oh, wow. All right. This is like grades. Uh, uh, UCLA's length and overall defense and athleticism, I think, can be a real problem uh, for a team like Arizona. Uh, Arizona has a notable inside advantage uh, size-wise against a lot of teams. And against UCLA, that may be the case. I can see Arizona's inside (laughs) game being very problematic. Uh, having having real problems against what it is that USC does. The Arizona the advantage I think Arizona has is they also play good defense and USC can be inconsistent on the offensive end. Uh, I'd probably need to hedge the bet a little bit here in that 
I think you described my quote unquote disagreement with Anthony to some degree. Um, Anthony was correct in that he said he thought UCLA was better than USC. Therefore, that was a tougher matchup. Makes perfect sense. But as you noted, uh, from a from an overall matchup standpoint, I think USC can be a real problem here uh, for the Cats. And I think that's going to be a grinder. And it would not surprise me if Arizona does not get the W at McHale uh, on Saturday, especially the way they played coming off such an emotional uh, performance in a game they had to have. That said, one of your commenters down here made a statement in regards to how he didn't think that, and, and this is an old Lute Olson mentality that works in terms of trying to win the conference. You don't want to have too high highs so that you have lower lows. Right. Uh, you want to be able to level things off a little bit so that you can get, you don't, you don't want it to be a wash. You know, you beat UCLA, but you lost to USC. Well, it's one and one on a homestand. That's not what you ultimately like. Totally agree. However, I would suggest that based on this win tonight and getting a wash between UCLA, uh, a home and home wash, and, and if there are folks who didn't see this win, you see Arizona winning by 10 uh, double figures at home, UCLA winning by double figures in LA, it's complete wash. Doesn't matter who you think played best, blah, 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 all the rest of it. It's, that's They washed each other. So you've got one team with two losses, another with three losses, and both of those could be number two seeds in the tournament. I think Arizona, barring a really catastrophic series of setbacks here, went a long way toward enhancing its position as a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. Had they lost this game, I think they're maybe on the three line and have a lot of work with not a lot of games left to try to make it up. And what's exciting – oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. This is a big win because of that because Arizona doesn't have a lot of those on the schedule. And now you're looking at the possibility of being maybe at worst a five-loss team heading into the NCAA tournament uh, with metrics that are really good. It's hard to suggest that Arizona wouldn't be a one or two seed at that point. And that's where you want to be as you head into the field. All right. The thing that I look at, though, when – and we've talked about this quite a bit. And by the way, CJ uh, CJ Mack just said, what kind of ale are you drinking? Nice try. I am actually drinking a vanilla Coke with no ice. I'm not that cool right now. So I will say this. You look at this Arizona team right now, and I think what's kind of exciting about this, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit, is that you don't really see any outside of about three teams. You don't see a team that can beat this team, at least in my opinion. It's UCLA, it's USC, and it's Oregon. I have a, This team is not very upset-proof. I realize that I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth right here when I said that Arizona is more likely to be upset than UCLA, but I meant that by good teams, not by bad teams. And I don't see anybody in the conference, quite frankly, that can upset this team. So if you get past USC right here, then you're looking at Oregon, which you get at McHale, you're already done with UCLA. You're going to be running off a lot of wins right here, Shu. Yeah, there's definitely the potential for that to happen. And one of the things that Arizona's done a very good job of, as we're aware, is hammer teams because they go on very impressive runs and they can get 15, 20, 25-point Ws. And, and against the second tier or below in this conference, that's something that they've done a very good job of. Now, We've also seen Arizona teams in the past and other real good conference teams go into a place like Washington State or a place like Colorado or, you know, areas that they shouldn't probably right. lose. The other, you know, they're better than that team, but you have a tough road night. You can't shoot. The other team's on a roll. It happens all. It happens with regularity in college basketball. 
So is it possible that Arizona loses one of those games? Sure. But the way that they've played up to this point, they seem to have the talent in place where their chances of winning and winning in sizable margins that gives them, as some of the uh, uh, scrollers below, uh, uh, and, and you have noted that margin of victory, that makes it likely that they're going to uh, be able to, that the chances of them pulling off those kinds of victories and get, get getting caught multiple times in a game that they shouldn't lose isn't very good, uh, which is great because it's going to help, it's going to enhance your seeding now as a result. And again, obviously, that's where you want to be once you get into the turning. I'm going to drop a music reference right now for our guy, KB Thiel. John Schuster won't get this, even though John Schuster knows far more about music than I do. He says, Iron Mike messed around and dropped a triple-double. I went to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and left the homie's house paid. I'll leave it to, I'll leave it on that. John Schuster obviously doesn't know what that is. But uh, I do think, though, that this team right now, if I were to tell you before the year, Shu, that we would be eight to uh, – we – Keep in mind, we did not play there. Again, a lot of people think that we did. We're not. I am not Joe McClain. This is not um, – who would you be? I, they're, they're, to the best of my knowledge, there weren't all that many Wildcats who were uh, as prematurely <laughs> bald as I was. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, I'm not Kurt Walton. I'm in very – wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm in very unique ca- – I'm in very unique territory there. Yeah, yeah. my uh, struggles on the inside were similar to Walter's, so that might not be the worst comparison. I do think this team is very close, though, and I think Tommy Lloyd is pretty close, though, to locking up National Coach of the Year because, like we talked about, Arizona, Oregon at home can be a tough game. By the way, everybody needs to show up for that game. You need to bring the same backing of the A that you brought back there. But uh, again, this is a team right now. You're 18 and two. Looking at this schedule along with the Pac 12 tournament, let's say you drop, gosh, let's just go liberally here and say you, you drop two more games in conference. I think that's the absolute maximum I could see them losing. Um, say you drop two games, then you drop a, Maybe you drop the championship game in the Pac-12 tournament. You're looking at a team right now, then that is what doing the math in my head. Hopefully 30, 25 and five, you know, somewhere. More, around. yeah, more than more than that because yeah, you're a five more. loss team. They're they're five. You're about thirty and five. Yeah. You're about thirty uh, and five going into the. You're Pac-12. a one or you're a one or two seed in the tournament. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and that's and, and that's why this game was so significant tonight. So that's why we've got a 100%. I mean, you've got a 100% be ecstatic with how this team is. You're, I don't want to say you're playing with house money, but if you were to tell me going into the year that this was a national championship team, I'd be a little bit surprised by that. But um, one thing, and then before we're going to sign off right here, we're going to be back with you, the USC postgame show. Then here's how committed we are to the U of A fans. I am traveling up to Fort Collins, Colorado starting Monday, but guess what? I am stopping in the middle at Albu- in Albuquerque, New Mexico to be able to watch the U of A ASU game and be able to bring it live, the postgame show, with you and everybody out there and John Schuster. So I'm very excited about that. Man, right. if you were really committed, you'd stop in Las Vegas, New Mexico, or somewhere in that uh, real empty territory. Northern New Mexico, right on the border. You know, uh, yeah, that that's when you know that uh, the commitment is truly there. Yeah, so that's when you back the A and you back the A to the absolute. I know you're a big Mexican food fan, by the way. El Pinto in Albuquerque is pretty darn good. You know, my mom went to uh, my mom got her one of her masters in uh, at uh, UNM. So you know what? 
eh, you know what? If it's good enough for her for a year, it's good enough for me for an evening. So <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it. I'll throw it to you like that. Um, one thing though that uh, Scott Schlittenhart said, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly happens though with Arizona Oregon because Arizona's on a nine game losing streak to Oregon right now. Um, granted, that's a totally different regime. But that's when I look at this schedule outside of this USC game shoe. That's the only other one that I can see them dropping. So, you, you know, know, again, uh, again, and, and that's correct. I mean, if, if USC, you know, I think Arizona is going to be the favorite to beat USC at home. Arizona should beat USC. Uh, but I can see that certainly going the other way. Uh, I think the matchups are difficult. There are going to be a lot of times in that game where it's going to look really ugly and very frustrating. There's, you know, it's not a huge USC has the talent to make a deep tournament run as well. Uh, apparently, our pal Joe Lenardi at ESPN has Oregon as one of the first four out of the NCAA tournament, three teams from the that is absolute that's absolutely insane. That is that is I saw that. Absolute yeah. insane. Bill Walton agrees with you. Yeah. All right. Now, that's, that's, that's like you got to be kidding me. Oregon uh, Oregon's going to be scary. And Oregon is a Oregon when they're playing well, and you have to figure that with Altman as the you know this thing moves along a little bit. We're still we're still in early February here. Uh, there's room for Oregon to get even better. They're a problem, uh, and they're going to be a problem for a lot of basketball teams. Uh, you know, assuming they can continue to improve. So I can see that being the case as well. And again, could you know you look back at the great Olsen teams, you look back at even some, some of the really talented Miller teams. And once in a while on the road, you lose a game against an inferior opponent. So it's always possible that that can happen. Uh, but all things being relatively equal, the way Arizona's played this year, uh, you know, those are outside of those games. Yeah, you're right. Outside of those games and being in the conference, Arizona's, I'm not sure Arizona's going to be an underdog up until the PAC 12 tournament. Uh, you know, so obviously those are games that a lot of folks think they ought to win. Before I sign off here, I want to make a point here and, uh, I disagree a little bit. First of all, we appreciate everybody out there that contributes. You guys are all awesome. You're, you know, without you, I'm not here. Schuster's not here. So Aaron Walsh says, why doesn't anyone mentions Miller's name on TV? These are his recruits props for Lloyd to be able to hold on to most of them. See, I don't necessarily agree with that. And again, it's just, just my opinion. I think everybody knows, and I think Miller gets plenty of credit for this roster. And, you know, we, we talk about it. We talk about it all the time or, and again, you know, there are obviously people that don't like Sean Miller. We talk about it all the time that this, you know, you got to give him a lot of kudos here. I think though, where there's maybe a little bit of a disconnect and I mean, not a disconnect, that's not really the right term, but Tommy Lloyd has unleashed this team in a way that Sean Miller never would have. That to me is the difference. Miller gets total, uh, gets a lot of kudos for putting and assembling this roster together. No doubt about it. But Tommy, but let, let's be honest here. This team is not sitting here at 18 and two and ranked fifth or sixth in the nation with Miller coaching. Again, they're probably in the top 25, but it wouldn't have looked like this and they wouldn't have been this good. I feel very comfortable yeah. in saying. Yeah. And I, I, I think we're talking about a little different uh, dynamic. If Miller is still the coach here, we're talking about a team that we see a lot of potential talent uh, and maybe they can continue to improve over the course of the last month and make things pretty interesting. They're probably tournament bound, but uh, you know, at this level, almost cert 
certainly not a couple things. Uh, the TV broadcasters did mention Miller with some regularity. Yeah. As uh, so, so it's not like it's not like he isn't he wasn't mentioned on the television broadcaster, or people aren't aware of that, or you're not, or he's one of those guys that name you shall not say. You know, right. it's, 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 there that isn't happening. So Miller is getting uh, credit for being the guy who recruited a lot of Lloyd's players. And I think next season, Miller's going to get a good coaching job. It's going to be a major conference second-tier team but I, I or a really high-profile, slightly lesser conference team. But I think there's going to be an AD out there who's going to look at you know what Miller, right. generally speaking, did at Arizona, what he did at Xavier, that none of the um, – you know, sanctions were ultimately against him. They just happened, wink, to be against all of his assistant coaches. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, they're going to make they're going to be able to make up a number of excuses to believe. You, you know, they can they can come up with a lot of reasons why Miller can be a beneficial coach for their program. But for the folks watching out there, just a simple question that Mike touched on. Just be honest. You've seen this year's Arizona team. Do you believe that this team would have been good with Sean Miller as their head coach? The question is as simple as that. It's as simple as that. For John Schuster, I am Mike Luke. want to remind you of one thing. We're going tomorrow. Lamont Lovett, color commentator for the U of A football team, is going to be joining me at 7.15. Then Saturday, if you haven't had enough of me and Shu, or Shu and myself, however way you want to put it, well, you know what? Buckle up because we're going to be back. And then Monday as well, I will be joining you from Albuquerque. Shu will probably be here in Tucson. So, again, for everybody out there, can't thank you enough for all of your comments, all your remarks. You guys are the ones that make this one go. Schuster, I'll be seeing you shortly. For everybody else out there, thanks so much for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.